What is up, folks? It's the Emulsion Podcast, hosted by chef and media producer Justin Kana. That's me. The Emulsion is a result of my desire to educate, share, and personally keep myself up to date on stories stirring up the restaurant industry. I also sit down and interview remarkable professionals that are making exciting moves in their own unique and creative ways. Fine dining, chef swaps, new gear, critiques, professional performance, balance, hospitality, as well as the occasional rabbit hole are all just a few of the topics we get into here. With the goal, of course, being that you take off your headphones or get out of your car feeling smart more inspired or more connected than when you pressed play. Where is the long ad read? You will not find that here because the growing gang of amazing folks on Patreon make it possible for me to hit the publish button every single Thursday and I'm eternally grateful for their support. But more on that after the show. I say it very early on in this interview, but if you're looking for chef advice or industry news, this is not, I repeat, this is not the podcast for you. I am joined by my fiance Anna on this podcast episode. I proposed when we visited my mom in Maui in February We had a fantastic time, and this episode is meant to serve a couple of functions. I know most of you have romantic interests in your lives in one way or another. You have boyfriends and girlfriends and wives and husbands and partners of all types, and I'm very proud of the fact that Anna and I have gone through our own trials and tribulations, our long distance for five and a half years, our breakups and fights and struggles, and as with most stories with struggles, there are nuggets to be gained from that. So hopefully our story can help you, because unless you've got a master plan to not ever enter into a romantic relationship, I have a feeling you're going to deal with some of the problems that we talk about here. Reason number two, maybe I sent you here. Maybe someday in the future you asked me a question about my relationship and I've sent you to this episode to get some more insight. That's why it exists. I don't publish a lot about our relationship on the interwebs for very specific reasons that I get into in this episode. So hopefully this episode and this conversation helps provide some clarity. Reason number three, I mean, I've known for a while that I've wanted to marry Anna, that that this isn't that big of a shocker, but I didn't want to get in the habit of having my quote-unquote girlfriends on the podcast, Uh, and now that I've committed to this wonderful woman, she definitely gets podcast clearance, so this is also part of that evolution. And last up, this is ultimately my show. I haven't done the best job of disassociating the Emulsion podcast from Justin Kana. This has always kind of been me hosting. I've never ever had anybody else host this show, and I hope this can serve as a way for you to better get to know me. And especially with Anna being there at some of the meetups like we the one we did in L.A., I would like you to know a little bit about her. So if we ever get the pleasure of meeting someone like you in real life, that there is some context for you, not just on me, but on this other person that's also going to be there who also enjoys meeting folks like you. So this is that episode. I hope that you enjoy it. Please check back next week for our regularly scheduled industry style show. If you're listening to this podcast and you're here for chef advice or whatever. I don't think you're going to find that here. Not on this episode. I think you're going to you were we're going to talk about us and the fact that we just got engaged and kind of like set the record straight on a bunch of stuff and just make sure that like if people have questions about our relationship or how we met or how we like why I'm not dating another chef or how you deal with some of my crazy antics, I think this will be something that we can just point to and people will know exactly what we're talking about uh so i pulled for questions there's lots of questions mm-hmm. um what do you want to cover is there anything you want to like get out in the open or dispel or like you don't get any bad attention which i'm very grateful to my audience for but mm-hmm. i don't know just should we start with who you are who who is anna shields 
Well, your audience doesn't really know that much about me. Yeah, they see you in this place called Videos as the girl that smiles and goes out to eat with me. And, and drinks orders, bubbles. And orders sparkling rosé. <laughs> That's all they know about you. So give us give us a little bit. Give the, give the world a little bit more. The who, TLDR. Yeah. What's the TLDR? Who are <coughs> you? Who are you even? Well, let's start with, I guess, what I do. So I am a pharmacist. Um, I'm not a chef. <laughs> I've only cooked for you three times. Um, and none of those went well. So <laughs> um, I, um, I take care of people um, and I help them um, make sure that they have the right medicines and that they're working well for what we're trying to use them for. But you're not a pharmacist in the sense of like you stand behind a counter and count pills, which a lot of people might think of when they think pharmacist. Right. Um, pharmacists can do a lot of different things. Um, but I used to work in a pharmacy like that, um, but now I work in primary care. So I support doctors, um, answer clinical questions for them, and then work with patients one-on-one to um, optimize their medicines, like I said, uh, and make sure that we're getting the most benefit from those medications. And when did that enter your life? Because that was before you and I met. You mm-hmm. knew you knew where you were going to college. You knew exactly what you were going to do. So like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I knew I wanted to be a pharmacist when I was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And that came from doing job shadows. So I was like every, well, my high school required volunteer hours to graduate. And so being the type A that I was, decided to use that time to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. So thought initially like most kids I think that I would be a teacher interesting and uh I spent a summer in a third grade classroom mm. it was a nightmare <laughs> because why children yes <laughs> and I Not favored your children exactly um I favored the kids who liked learning and I figured that probably wasn't going to be fair mm. so mm-hmm. um decided I didn't want to be a teacher and knew I loved math and science, and so uh, decided to volunteer at a hospital and thought maybe I'd be a nurse. Mm -hmm. So I worked in the transport part of the hospital, so I would move people to and from surgeries or x-rays or whatever. Um, I also moved a lot of, like, supplies around and saw a lot of what nurses do, Mm. um, particularly around managing fluids Mm. of all kinds from... Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All different areas. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty queasy and I'm a sympathetic vomiter. So, got it. Knew that wouldn't work. And you also don't like needles. Right. Exactly. Which is a large part of the job. Exactly. So, knew that nursing, f- like, physically wasn't going to work. And then, background on my parents both my parents were in medicine. Mm-hmm. And so, that's something that you and I connect because I was also going to go to medical school mm-hmm. for a bit there. But, I don't know. I knew it wasn't probably going to make me all that happy. Like, it would probably make me very fulfilled, and I would probably make some money, but it wouldn't have enough creative for me to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair. But that's something that we connected very early on about was the fact that, like, you knew gung-ho from the get what you were going to base your career on. Mm-hmm. And I was the same with food, where it's like, yeah, I was very similar. Sophomore year, I knew food was going to be a part of my life, mm-hmm. um, and I was going to be a chef, and so, yeah. Yeah, so then I 
spent the following summer in the pharmacy mm. at that hospital mm-hmm. volunteering. And I thought I had the most important job uh, because I trusted a high schooler to deliver medications huh. to patient rooms. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I felt an immense responsibility mm-hmm. and like looking back, it's really funny because I remember things I was delivering. I was like, thanks for constipation. Well, that's what you, that, that's very much so a reflection of you though. Cause like you're the kind of mm-hmm. person who will take that and run with it as opposed to some people will like, I don't know, stage fright or like, I don't know, get nervous. I knew I wanted to be a pharmacist for a long time. Mm-hmm. Math, science. Um, there's also an element of teaching when you mm-hmm. really think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also get to help people, which is something that I think has always been a, passion of mine sure and i feel like we should also kind of like use this element to segue into the reason why i am so forward on content putting myself out there but you don't and a lot of it is like patient based like you can't you can't have your instagram profile be public because if a patient is dealing with the anna shields at the clinic they can find you on the internet and harass you or compliment you or like all the things in between Mm -hmm. and you don't want that right so yeah i've i've had friends of yours ask me why i'm not the you know pharmacist of the internet and part of it it's that the other part is that like giving someone advice on how to cook their vegetables is like it's fine Mm -hmm. there's no like risk liability blah blah sure where in my world if i make a blanket statement that this medication will solve this problem which it might Mm. but is it safe for you as a person given all of your characteristics age weight organ function blah Mm -hmm. blah Mm -hmm. so it's like you could say yes or no to any of those questions and it completely changes my recommendation and putting that on the internet is not easy to do Mm -hmm. it's why on like webmd everyone says at the end of the article please consult a healthcare professional before using this as advice so it's like why put all this energy into being the internet pharmacist or the pharmacist of the internet when they could get you they still need well that and they'd still need to come talk to me it's not the full picture yeah. But so I think, but I think the reason that people say that, especially with like friends of ours that say that about you, is because you are very opinionated. You are very savvy. Uh, you're smart, and you like you have you 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 have thoughts to share on certain things, especially like bigger macro trends. Chef Sammy Cooks wants to know how we met, so maybe that's now that people know who you are. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about that? Yeah, you start. Okay, so. <sighs> A lot of people think because of how long we've been together that we are high school sweethearts. Not true because we didn't go to the same high school Mm-mm. and we actually met after we both graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So Anna, Anna's job during high school though was working at a department store in like our local mall and <laughs> there was this girl that I was friends with and she was she went to high school with me and she worked with Anna at this department store. So when this girl had her high school graduation party I was there because I was her friend, and Anna was there because you were work colleagues. And we both connected over, I want to say, 
the fact that we were both going to out-of-state schools. Like, not mm-hmm. a lot of Wisconsin people went to out-of-state schools. It's like, go to Milwaukee, mm-hmm. go to Eau Claire, go to Madison. Madison. And you were like, I'm going to this place called Drake, and it's like the best pharmacy school program, like, this side of the country or what, you know. And I was like, well, I'm going to the Culinary Institute of America. It's like the best culinary school this <laughs> side of, you know, wherever. And we both connected over that a little bit because, um, I don't know, we're both go-getters and we tried to get after it and we knew exactly again back back to that point of we both knew what we wanted to do with our lives yeah and um i don't know did we we flirt with each other Mm, i don't think so not at that party you're just you're just very naturally outgoing yeah you're a very social butterfly kind of person and you'll like you'll connect over random stuff Mm -hmm. uh and i don't think i thought anything of it either I don't know. You were there with Kate, right? Didn't you come yeah. with Kate? Okay. Um, so then there was another party where you played soccer. Yeah, co-ed rec. With, with another friend of mine who lived down the street from me. And there was a big soccer party and it was a blacklight party. And you drew something on my back. It was like sexy or you're hot or something like that. <laughs> and did we exchange information at Ashley's party or at the blacklight party? Well, uh, it might have been the second one. I don't know. Anyways, we connect. There was no Instagram back then. There was no Snapchat. It was Facebook. Oh yeah. Wait, so we ch- connected over Facebook and we started messaging and we went on like one or two dates. Before the week, we, the yeah. week before we moved to college. Mm. That and was then it. You moved to Iowa. Yep. I was stuck in Wisconsin until November because that's when my culinary school started. And I guess we like kept messaging each other. Yeah, but then I called you from college. Oh, to end it. Well, we had only hung out for the week before we went. Mm. And so I called you to say, hey, I'm the only person here from my school. And I kind of met somebody who I like. Mm. And maybe I kind of want to see how this goes and date people here for a while. And I don't really know what we are, but I like you. But you're going to be far away and I'm far away. And I must have blacked out. I don't remember that phone call. <laughs> it definitely happened. But we ended it. But we Whatever stayed in contact. Yeah, that first year of college. And to be clear, I was also friendship. like with another girl, kind of ish, trying to make that long distance thing work. Um, so because we were both from Wisconsin, when we would go home for the holidays from our colleges, we would be back in the same place together. Mm-hmm. And if you're bored or like you don't want to spend time with your family, and you'd go, we would go hang out with each other, and see movies, and see movies, and. Um, so yeah, that the the summer after our freshman year of college, mm-hmm. I think is when we decided that like Yep. We went to the 4th of July together. Mm. And then and started Manisha. dating a couple days later. Got it. Officially. So that was based on the fact that like we tried this whole let's see other people thing. Mm-hmm. Even regardless of the distance, I don't think that you are someone that I like it's kind of worth it in a way. Mm-hmm. Right? Like even though there's some distance, I genuinely like like things beyond being in the spa- same physical space, right? Like because we had really good conversations. Yeah, like the that we shared a lot of same values and like mm-hmm. we that were was able it. to talk profession. Like we were both on similar professional trajectories. Like we were both very hungry and like yes, motivated towards our careers. And yes, would we go out to any crazy meals like out in those beginning days? Not really. Um, I wasn't even cooking for you that much. Well, I? when I no, but when I came to New York, oh <laughs> yeah, for, to visit you, mm-hmm. I 
<laughs> when we were 19. Yeah. Or 20. I don't know. We would like try to order wine pairings at restaurants, <laughs> even though we weren't 21 yet, and like <laughs> go out to <coughs> nice tasting menus and take like water bottles of tequila to Union Square <laughs> Park and eat Bauhaus. That did happen. Yeah. So we were trying to, I don't know, we were kind of crazy kids, but not really. Yeah. Because we were both like, I, we were both very like stressed out about the idea of ruining our careers. Mm -hmm. Right. So neither of us were, we're both very career focused and that's what kind of kept us together is the fact that like you could be my person to go to for like emotional support to talk through certain things. You knew who I was. Like you had a frame of reference of how I grew up. Mm -hmm. Like, but you were also willing enough to give me the space to say I want to go to Chicago for the weekend. And it wasn't like because we were both in the same like not talking to each other for 16 hours didn't hurt either of us. Right. And then I think that laid the foundation towards like being able to make us OK mm-hmm. over the long term. I don't know. Do you have anything to add towards those early days? Because that's that answers the mm-hmm. question of how we met. Yeah. I think just the part you're kind of alluding to is just like having, having that stability in our relationship really, I think at least for me helped me feel comfortable and safe enough to continue continue to push myself towards my personal growth. I don't know if that was really in sentence, but um, I mean that in the aspect of like, I wasn't seeking a partner mm. because I had you. Mm-hmm. I had that support. I had that person to continue to reinforce the choices that I was making for myself. That I wasn't feeling lost mm-hmm. in terms of needing to find a relationship or mm-hmm. someone to share my joy mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. and my sadness and all of that stuff. Um, because I had you and even if you weren't physically there, emotionally you were. Mm -hmm. And we, we bring it up all the time when people ask about like, so I guess to continue the story, I was in New York, graduated from New York. I went to Chicago and I thought that that was going to be the greatest thing ever because you were in Iowa and I was going to be in Chicago forever is what I thought. And you were like a six hour bus ride away. That's the closest we had ever been. Mm -hmm. And the shittiest part about that whole thing is you came to visit me like twice. I think I came to visit you once mm-hmm. and you nah, came to visit maybe twice. in like the 10 months that I lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And like that was just a huge testament to the idea that like just because like how head down we were, mm-hmm. I think, is that like after a certain number of miles or a certain amount of time that it takes to get to someone, whether it's 10 times that, it doesn't really matter. Does that make sense? Like if it's four hours away or 40 hours away at a certain point, it's the same. Does that make, does that make sense? Like if I was living in South Korea versus living in like, that's why Norway was able to happen Mm -hmm. is because at a certain point we just decided like, unless you're just down the street from me, I'm probably not going to make the trek. Um, Because we had so much going on. Yep. Yep. In our own. That's why California could happen. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. I mean, and I I think also, too, we weren't, like, I think both of us were operating on the same, like, wavelength about that, mm-hmm. that there wasn't, like, resentment for it. 
at the same time. Which is weird, though, because I don't think we ever had this strict conversation of, like, listen, this is what's going to happen with my career. This is what's going to, like, it was just, like, assumed. Right. Just assumed that, like, this is how it's going to happen, and, like, I'm invested in this, and I'm going to go for this. Mm -hmm. And if you're along for the ride, that's great, and if not, I I guess not. I'm trying to, like, think of... How well, you can present that to your partner if somebody is listening and it's uh, like, I want to go do this thing, but she's not necessarily, or she or he is not necessarily like. But I think we just always t- told each other, mm-hmm. like, what was important to us at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's within us. So, in that, you know, we want these certain opportunities for ourselves that so we reciprocate that for. Yeah, there's no resentment. Toward, but, and, and it's also not. Um, no one we're not keeping score we don't keep score on that kind of thing right because for you doing your mba and getting your pharmacy doctorate at the same time was like i need six years to take care of this mm-hmm. and for me like traveling and going to all these places and sometimes working for free and then like going international was what i needed mm-hmm. and it's like i like I don't. I, I, can't I never wanted to be told no, sure. by you. Sure. And so I never did that to you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's like super important. I. There were certain things that I wanted for myself, and I couldn't impose. The opposite rule yeah. to you, like yeah. it had to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um. In order for me to. I don't know. Yeah. No, it makes sense because if. I say that I'm going to go to Norway for two and a half years, and then you say that you want to go to Florida or you want to go to Mexico or you want to go to Peru, and I say, no, you can't do that. Like, the hypocrisy is just, like, laughable, you know, because, I don't know, we're both very... Well, and it was such a such a concentrated time mm-hmm. of, like, self-growth development change mm-hmm. that, like, later in life, it is easier to have some of those conversations and right. say like, no, how does this affect my life? I have to think about that too. I think, um, kind of in those early years, there is more freedom to, to follow that rule. I mean, we, we follow the very <laughs> conventional wisdom of not, well, maybe it's the anti, everybody basically tells you that when you're young, you should travel because you don't have a house, you don't have kids, you don't have mm-hmm. a large amount of responsibility to tend to right so you should just go for it and take those opportunities mm-hmm. and that's essentially what we did um and some people say that that's like conventional wisdom and some people think that that's like not the way because everybody tells you to just kind of go to school and graduate and get a good salary and get a nice job but um yeah i feel like that was very instrumental in what kept us together is that confidence in each other and mm-hmm the trust and, and, and all of that. Um, so that answers that question. So <laughs> long-winded answer. Very long-winded answer. <laughs> Sebastian had a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and his first one was, was there ever a time when Anna was fed up by Justin's career choice to be a chef? I was going to say from my, from my memory, I don't think so. No. Um, I don't think I've ever been fed up in those words. Mm-hmm. Um, Sebastian, did I cry? Mm-hmm. A lot during the decision for him to move to Norway. Yeah, I did. But that wasn't chef related. I could have been a scientist going to Fair. the Large Hadron Collider to do research. Fair. And it so was, it was not a due to your career. Correct. Yeah, you're right. Um, no, 
I mean, that was the thing that when we met was this like really interesting, Mm -hmm. fascinating thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to culinary school. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So no, I've never been fed up with the fact that he's a chef or content person or. Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe some other people have asked that too, but, um, yeah, like going through another career change. I mean, there maybe was a time where you were on your phone a lot mm. in the beginning of mm-hmm. the Instagram stuff and you were storying like every day or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were some times where I was like, dude, you got to put your phone down. Because you're not that person. Right. You don't share a lot. You don't even even like, I mean, like you could be that person privately and yeah. share with your family or whatever. You're just like. You're very in the moment. And I try to be present. Yeah. And with the people I'm around. Totally. And so, yeah, that did cause a little bit of tension. But, but I don't never fed like, up. Yeah. You never <laughs> like, you need to stop this right now. Yeah. No. Again, and it goes back to that. I would never want you to say that. Tell me that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that would always dictate kind of like my behavior as well. And part of the reason why, like, this is the first time probably a lot of people have heard your voice outside of like being on an Instagram story. Like even the... Even the food vlogs when we're going out to eat, like, I don't include your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very, very interesting that that's kind of, like, how that's developed. And so maybe, like, to clear the air on that whole piece, the reason that Anna and I don't have a cooking show together or, like... Is because I can't cook. <laughs> partially. <laughs> but also, like, where I don't... Uh, I didn't make a travel... I didn't make a video of our engagement. I didn't, like... Because I wanted to ugly cry. <laughs> so you're getting all these reasons right now. <laughs> Uh, and what basically it comes down to is the fact that some people have this very strict policy of like, I'm going to keep my relationship with my wife and my kids and my family off of the internet. Mm-hmm. And I respect that a lot. And there's other people like, I don't know, we've shown a couple, I, I showed you a couple of podcast episodes where people have their significant others on. And sometimes that's, um, to genuinely get to know the person a little bit better. Sometimes it's for entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. And I came to that realization that I, ne- I I never wanted our relationship to be entertainment for other people. Yeah. I never wanted the Justin and Anna show to be something that you could tune into mm-hmm. and watch and get any sort of a rise or drama or whatever out of it. Um, and that has kind of dictated my practice of putting our relationship on social media like mm-hmm. I will p- I posted on Instagram that we got engaged people very clearly know that we're together mm-hmm. like I'll do something were people at, like shocked like people did, no, did no, 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 no was no, no, anybody no. Who- I don't think anybody and that's that's the other thing is that like only because I know your community is really large sure well no like, were there some people who didn't know at mm, all no I don't think there's any question that I have been in a long-term committed relationship I also don't think that um, I elude to it in any way. Mm-hmm. At least I don't actively. Like, I try to make sure that people know that, like, I'm in a relationship. We've kind of been together for out to, like, we've been together for a long time. We do this thing together where we'll go out to eat very often. That's what I share. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from that, I don't really think that people know that much which is part of the reason why i wanted to record this mm-hmm. is so that people know exactly who you are and why we're together and kind of like a little bit of our story because we do think that it's a nice story and we do think that I don't <laughs> know, there's there's value and of course my little rants that i want to go on that we'll get into in a second but um where was i going with that 
I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't want. I don't want us. I. I don't want it. The content that I produce to be about us, not because I'm ashamed to be with you. I or, don't think that. Okay. Or you. There was a point when you thought that though, where you're like, "Why don't you put me in videos? That's Why don't true. you whatever?" And I had to have that conversation of like, the second that I start to make you a valuable character in the content or like mm-hmm. whatever and people know that there's a emotional attachment between us yeah they will try to use that to get a rise out of me right like yeah i obviously think you're attractive but some people will go into the youtube comments and be like your girlfriend is ugly you know what i mean and i've never had that mm-hmm. but i've seen it with other people's stuff and th- th- there's that quote um the the fool never learns the um the smart man learns from his mistakes and the wise man learns from mistakes of others i heard that the other day mm-hmm. and so like i can see that these other people put their lives out there on the internet and it turns into this thing that just spirals out of control and i would never want that for us like i never want that to be pillow talk that we have i never want that to be a fight that we get in over um because i'm in complete control of that mm-hmm. um what I put out there so that's kind of like where my head's at with that let's keep it on let's keep it on Sebastian's tales here he says how has she observed the evolution of your career from CIA until now this is good because I'm bad at remembering these things well what I remember from CIA (laughs) is me coming to visit and you and Hubert hosting like a wine tasting Mm. in your dorm. We did do that. And like comparing the taste across pricing and what tasted, you know, blindly. Mm -hmm. Sorry, this is very random, but I mean, we were nerds like CIA days. Like it was all about exploring, trying, tasting, doing, seeing, touching. Um, You guys were always in the city um, staging and all that stuff. And this was at the same time that I was also exploring mm-hmm. pharmacy in all those different ways right. too. So, um, those were days where we were just far, I mean, we were far apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but as in terms of your career and transforming, I mean, not a lot of that has changed or gone away. Mm-hmm. It's maybe more prevalent. It, well, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, more specific or targeted or strategic Mm -hmm. strategic yeah it's the word Mm -hmm. i think the one thing that's been so consistent across wherever you are um or one thing that you knew after moving to chicago and then choosing to leave was how important having people around you is Mm -hmm. um and that has been i think really influential in you making career decisions as who are you working with? Mm-hmm. Um, or who do I, what, like, what is my community? That's right. always been like a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, I know it's not necessarily like career, but it is. No, um, it's something I value a lot. And I had to get it told to me by somebody else of like, wherever you go, you manage to build a community. Um, yeah. It was very small in California. It got a little bit bigger in Norway. And now here it's like, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, okay. and in Chicago, it was missing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's at least one thing that kind of sticks out to me mm-hmm. um, in terms of like c- 
cooking, I couldn't really tell you. Mm. I'm mean. Sure. You've always cooked for me at home. And that hasn't, mm. I guess, changed significantly over time. Did you, th- did you think that I would have a restaurant by now? No. Sorry. When did it hit you <laughs> Not that, sorry. I, that I probably wasn't going to have a restaurant in the traditional sense? Uh, when you got to Seattle, mm. I think. Okay. Um, because there was, I think, a realization not just for you, but also for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what it takes to open a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I moved to Seattle thinking I was going to open a pharmacy. Right. Like I did this um, residency program at a really innovative independent community pharmacy. And I thought one day I would open a pharmacy. That's what I was traveling towards when I got here. And I learned through at least my year of experience that like you can't just move into a city (laughs) and open a business Mm -hmm. without understanding the landscape. And um, I learned how difficult it is to not even like I don't have the full comprehension but I learned how difficult it is to run an independent community pharmacy in the city. And I think that realization kind of crossed over and I watched it happen to you when yep. you moved here. Yeah. The realization of, I don't actually know what Seattle wants, mm-hmm. needs, mm-hmm. desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, at that time I had given away my kind of dream about opening a pharmacy. I decided to work in the clinic instead um which i love Mm. and so i don't regret that transition at all Mm -hmm. um i'm actually really thankful for it and i guess i'm just not surprised that you experienced something similar um and are seeking a way to do it differently Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because doing it traditionally is hard yeah (laughs) and crowded and competitive and Mm -hmm. all that Mm-hmm. Okay, last Sebastian question because you tied right into it. What is more competitive, the pharma industry or the food industry? <laughs> oh God, um, we've talked about a lot of parallels with this. I think, I think it's hard to say one is more mm-hmm. than the other, mm-hmm. but that they are both very, very competitive spaces to live within. Like the tech space is super competitive, financial, like on salary. Because, like, if you work for Apple, Amazon can come and offer you double your salary to come work No, for we them. don't have that anymore. That's gone. Mm. It it used to be that way. There were sign-on bonuses, and people were paying you extra, giving you loan repayment. That's gone mm-hmm. in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no. Nobody's knocking down on the pharmacist door and saying, I'm going to pay you extra because I need you to work here to be a license. Mm -hmm. Those days are gone. Um, So in that regard, that has made it more competitive because you have to differentiate yourself as a pharmacist. You have to have an MBA. You have to have done a residency. You have to have been a leader for some organization at your college. You have to have done research or some eight other things just to be interviewed Mm -hmm. so yeah it is more it's more competitive but it's not competitive to get paid more Mm -hmm. um it's competitive to get a job you might be passionate about sure um like the job 
that I have mm-hmm. requires a lot of back experience and certifications and um, that kind of stuff. So it's competitive in a way that you have to really beef up your skill set. Sure. But I'm also in a union, so <laughs> no. I get made. I get paid what everyone else gets paid. Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. that's just kind of think of a Washington thing. I'm yeah. not sure how yeah. many pharmacists are in unions and these days. But um, in the marketplace, I mean, pharmacy is a competitive marketplace. Um, and we could go on a whole separate rant about all the pharmacy stuff, but we don't need to. <laughs> Only from the standpoint is because we could talk about it for hours. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are really big players in the game who are eating up the little guys who are passionate about taking care of people mm-hmm. um, because there's m- money to be made. Um, but it's dangerous because it's removing what is the pharmacist, what, what the pharmacist brings to the table uh, by looking at what we do as a um, product and that we're selling a product the and, drugs. Right. And I mean, we are, but really what a pharmacist does is a service. Mm-hmm. Um, a pharmacist is making clinical decisions to make sure that the product you're picking up today is correct. Mm-hmm. And that's different. And when you rush that process, it can get dangerous. I think most people know how I feel about the competitive side of the food industry, so we won't get into that. Um, but that maybe will give you some insight into why we... But it, it, You know, I think they're both competitive. Mm-hmm. I think people who operate within both industries are competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's why we had that mutual understanding back to like when we were in the beginning of our career. Yes. It's like, I need to put in a lot of legwork now so that mm-hmm. I have opportunities later. Exactly. So that I can be competitive in the job market. Yes. When the time comes. Exactly. So that was. But we were never competing with each other. Yeah. Should we get into that? About like. One thing that I wanted to cover is dating in the industry. Because there's a lot of people who like. Are super keen on. Being the chef. Patri- pastry chef duo. Or the front of house back of house duo. And I think like. There's only been one time when I've ever asked you to work. An event. <laughs> or do a dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was because it was like a 300-person party by myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I needed help serving. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically been the only time when we've ever, like, quote-unquote, worked together. Yeah. And I don't have the education to be a farm, like, help you out <laughs> in any capacity. So, like, well, my advice to everybody is to just kind of, like, know who you are intrinsically. And if you get so much value from having your partner be a part of your career then you should i could never personally do it because yeah back to the competition thing i'm way too competitive like if you were also a chef i would want to be better than you mm-hmm. and that would cause a lot of tension in our relationship mm-hmm. and i don't think that is healthy so that's right. why i choose like i i like to think that i have the self-awareness to see that and know that it's probably a bad idea for me to date in the industry so i don't mm-hmm. And the fact that your work has nothing to do with food, but we enjoy our leisure activities match up, mm-hmm. aka going out to eat, spending time with friends, traveling, traveling, movies, going to movies, I don't know, playing board games, whatever. Um, 
it's going for a walk or you yeah know, doing yoga or whatever Hiking. like yeah any any of that stuff for fun. and it's not like that all matches up mm-hmm. so then we can work together yeah so my advice is to not date in the industry because i know that i cannot date in the industry yep but i'm the same you know that mm-hmm. um the thing the thing about pharmacists is that you know we're perfectionists and so when you leave work and you remember how pressured you were to get so many things done in the day, you start thinking about all the things that you missed Mm -hmm. and then you start talking about clinical cases and then that's all you do and that's all you did all day. And then that's all you do all night. And it's just too much. Um, I need to, I can't do it. I just can't do it because it's what we did in college, right? Mm -hmm. Like we would go to class all day then we'd go intern and then we'd come home and live with our pharmacy roommates and we'd all share stories, swap all of it. And it was, it's just exhausting. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So, so for you to be able to come home and... Not. <laughs> literally, if you tried to tell me things, I would be useless. Mm-hmm. That's actually I mean, great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not to say that you can't, because like... I still have me. those people. Yes. But I, if I needed to get a thought out, I yeah. still have those people. But I'm also there for you on like the more macro trends of like, I really screwed this up. I'm really struggling with this. I do yeah. feel like XYZ person doesn't think that I'm XYZ. The interpersonal stuff. Yes. yes. As because really, like, chefing and pharmacisting isn't that different. It's not. It's, it's the a chef product. leads the team. The pharmacist leads the team. It's a disguised as a service. Or yes. a service disguised as a product. Whatever yes. you want to decide that that is. Um, there's a hierarchy. There's a structure. There's team dynamics. There's, yeah. All Processes. There's having a knowledge of why things happen when you combine two things. And science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And people are—I don't know—I'm the—I'm the only. We are the only chef pharmacist duo that I that we've met. He likes it? to say we're the FDA. The, uh, yeah, the FDA, Food and Drug Administration. <laughs> you know, living with other pharma pharmacy students, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Sure. Um, and you know they're off doing other things now too. So I'd like to say that we're all pretty successful and in similar roles, but. You know, there's, there's still that competitive thing there. Mm-hmm. I'm like waiting for one of us to be like, I'm a manager. Right. And then the other ones kind of like freak out about, mm-hmm. oh my God, am I not doing enough? <laughs> but that's the, that's the, that's the, be- and right I mean, now everyone's getting certified and I'm not certified cause I can't yet. And sure. It's but that's, that's healthy competition, right? Unhealthy competition is when they like, it plays into your identity a little bit too much. And I feel like the people who think of their relationships as their identity, that's when it can get harmful. And we've tried to stay away from that. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Your dad wants to know what's your favorite pie to eat. Yours, dad. Your apple pie. What's yours? Um, I like cherry pie quite a bit. What? I do. Um, I like like dark fruit pies. Like some of the Marionberry pies you can get out here mm. are pretty good. Um, I'm also not opposed to like pumpkin pie, like any custard based <laughs> tart thing is pretty good. Lemon meringue. I don't know. Maybe pie is just not. I have a sweet tooth, so I'll take anything. Oh, coconut cream. Yeah. Meh. Oh, Nah. I'd rather have the coconut cake. <laughs> That's kind of what I meant. No. <laughs> uh, I goofed up. Let's talk about 
work-life balance a little bit mm. because a lot of people had questions about hours. How do you keep the relationship work when working long hours in the kitchen? Oh. How do you keep the relationship alive? How do you keep things exciting? Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I don't necessarily think we've ever went through a phase when we feel like it's dull. Have we? I mean, Only like, when you were gone for a really long time. Mm-hmm. When it's like, it just seems like this mat, like you can't see the others. Like you're that was a, like distance in a way. Yeah, like you're on a raft and you can't see land, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're just, you're paddling for what? Like you, you don't have anything to look forward to. Um, but now, like since we're in the same place now, I don't think we've had any sort of lull where we think that this is boring or. Yeah, no. I mean, so why is that? I guess why why have we not? I think it comes down to just gratitude, like us yeah. being so grateful that we're yeah. actually here. Is that thing that I always say? Mm-hmm. Um, Tell everyone what you always say. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this thing when you you know you're long distance for so long, five and a half years, that like when you're finally in the same place, you're finally together and have each other. You just don't like care about some of the dumb stuff you let it go because it's not worth your time or energy like leaving your socks on the floor which you do I mean I could get upset about that they're like you know five inches from the hamper but like is it worth having that argument like no because I'll just pick up your socks because it means I also get to hug you today Mm -hmm. and I get to see you and laugh with you instead of argue with you about your socks Mm -hmm. so because like for the last five years i haven't seen your socks Mm -hmm. and so i'll just pick up your socks and it's fine totally and i think that that has kept things exciting more than because like because we're not fighting about stuff yeah like i went on this road trip where i was traveling for like a week and it's like we're such wimps now like we can't (laughs) i miss you yeah like we can't we can't go (laughs) longer than like i don't know Two weeks feels like forever, mm-hmm. and the longest we were ever apart was like eight months. Yeah, right? that was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was brutal. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't know. I feel like we always have um, a trip on the horizon mm-hmm. or something. Like there's mm-hmm. always something, something that coming. we both look forward to, yeah. right? Because it's like if you looked at it as a time away from work, and I looked at it as a time to explore. And then we both went on the vacation and then we both have different expectations. Like if you wanted to sit on the beach all day and I wanted to go explore, Mm -hmm. that would be a very different thing. But like we, we keep these things on the horizon that we both look forward to. Yeah. I think that's important to keeping Mm -hmm. things exciting. And it doesn't have to be a trip. You know, it could be like, it was like when we moved too. Like it was about creating a new space. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's not just traveling or like going to the fifth Avenue theater. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, I bought a membership to the local theater this year. Cause we stopped buying clothes. Yeah. So I had a new budget for fun mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it's about that, you know, it's reallocating money for different things and, you know, finding things that you'll both, you both have an interest in doesn't have to necessarily be like a passion it's Mm -hmm. not like you and i are like oh my god i love the theater Mm -hmm. but we enjoy it sure and so it's been kind of this fun thing once every month and a half or something and then when it comes down to the hours i think it comes down to like 
the thing that I always say is that like in the same way that you can come home from work mm-hmm. and you know that your work is your work and it's a project that you go and spend time on and it provides fulfillment and you know what I mean I think our relationship in my head is the same and we both treat it like that as this thing that you and I both work on like this thing called a relationship Mm -hmm. as opposed to like I'm yours and you are mine and you are my identity and like I need you like we've never used those words with each other like I need you Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that has been very very valuable to make sure that if I can't come to a party you don't feel like you're less of a person do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like you are your own person yeah and I am my own person we just have this thing called a relationship that we work on to Mm -hmm. build and grow and whatever and I think that 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 is the reason why it's I don't know so so that that is my first tangent but then in talking about ours just having the knowledge to know that like we have a shared calendar like that helps us a lot Mm mm-hmm um, I put a thing on my work calendar and Anna gets a notification about it to know that I have a 45 minute coffee meeting on Wednesday at 6 p.m. You know what I mean? So then she knows, well, like, oh, I got a request to go to happy hour. I should probably plan it on a Wednesday because Justin's not going to be home anyways. Right. And so we align our schedules mm-hmm. as much as we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least I do. Mm-hmm. You have maybe less flexibility for some of that, which sure. is the name of the game. But so, yeah, I do try to schedule my happy hours or meetings or whatever appointments on days when you have, you know, a dinner event happening because it doesn't really matter if, I mean, I could come home and be alone or, which I do <laughs> sometimes, um, or I could get other things accomplished. And then that way, when you have a day off, I'm also off mm-hmm. and we can spend that time. So, I, you know, I work nine to five, um, and you don't. And so, um, I have the flexibility to do that, but it's even on weekends too. Mm -hmm. Um, like you have a trip upcoming and right now people are asking me to make dinner plans and I'm like, Hey, maybe we make them in two weeks when I don't have him to cook dinner for me. (laughs) Smart. (laughs) Makes sense. So, um, yeah. So I think that answers a lot of those questions. Do you have anything else to say on like schedule management or like long hours? I don't work that many long hours anymore. Like I have much more flexibility, but like there are nights when I work late. <laughs> I know when we've been asked this question before, I, I like responded back jokingly, live in a different time zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, you were working insane hours in Norway mm-hmm. and I was nine hours time difference away from you. So I didn't feel it as much because sure. I wasn't there to see it. Sure. You so. were sleeping during <laughs> the time that I was working. No, that's true. Yeah. And that was, a. I mean, that was probably our most challenging time mm-hmm. because someone was always waking up or going to bed mm-hmm. on those well, FaceTime calls. Every day. We'd FaceTime every single day. Yeah. That's something that like doesn't get told as part of the story is like, could we have done this back when you used to have to write letters to each other? We did write letters in the we beginning. Did, yes. But... <laughs> Like when that was our only way of, if that was our only way of communication, I don't think we could have done it. Right. Being able to see Mm -hmm. your face every single day. Yep. And say good morning and say good night and uh, hear about, I mean, we wouldn't even like, 
there's stories that you will tell me about from your university days, and I don't remember them happen. Like you wouldn't tell. Like we were so head down mm-hmm. that you. I don't know. Like we didn't talk about that many things because it's like, yeah, we didn't have the time to. Like yeah. I didn't have the time to tell you about my day, mm-hmm. which was also kind of beautiful because then it's like. <sighs> I feel like there's a lot of couples who will go through like <laughs> you, you sit across from each other and complain for a long mm-hmm. time and that we didn't have time we didn't yeah. have time so it's like tell me the macro of what happened last week you know what I mean like yeah tell me the wins tell me the pitfalls like and it wasn't like delusion it was just the idea that like I only have 25 minutes to talk to you because it's 11 p.m. here and you're just waking up and you have to go to work. Mm-hmm. What are we going to talk about? You know? Yeah. I think that's important to kind of like slide in there and just make <laughs> sure that everybody knows actually happened. Amanda wants to know being a chef and dealing with Anna turning into a gremlin when she's hungry. What happens when you get hungry? <laughs> what <are> you <laughs> um... They're, you're not you when you're hungry. Have a Snickers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I'm not super nice if I don't eat on time. I wake up starving, and Justin makes me breakfast. My mom says I'm a dragon, so the Anna dragon mm-hmm. first thing in the morning. And I say because when you're sleeping, you were just fasting for like eight hours. Break, break fast, break the fast. Exactly. See, so uh, I do need to be fed relatively quickly after sleep. So for breakfast, and then I'm the kind of gal that likes to eat every four hours. It doesn't have to be a huge meal. Uh, I'm a grazer, mm-hmm. so um, I do give warnings though. It's true. Okay, so I do give a little notice that I'm getting hungry, mm-hmm. and then another notice, and if there's a third notice, it's probably not a good situation. Yeah. <laughs> Which only comes into play when we're traveling, because you're pretty good at taking care of yourself throughout the day. Yeah. But like when we're traveling and we don't have a fridge full of food or... That's true. Some of my friends wonder why I'm asking about the next meal during the current uh, Chef Cliff Smith wants to know what's the best slash worst thing I've had you try. Oh. Um, I mean, I eat everything. I try everything. That was always my mom's rule. You have to try everything once. It doesn't mean you have to like it. So. But I do think it's weird. The. Have I served you a dish at a tasting menu event that you haven't liked? I think I have. Where? I don't know. I'm asking. Like during a pop-up that I've done. Mm. Mm. I can remember specific times when you've given feedback that you didn't like certain dishes. But I don't think I can remember what dishes those were. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Sorry. It's okay. I just don't want people to think that like, I don't know, you're giving me any delusion Oh, no. That my food is amazing and whatever. Like, you're very quick to tell me. I'm very particular about textures, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which you know, Mm -hmm. but other people don't know. So I take that feedback with a grain of salt. If I serve a panna cotta because she doesn't (laughs) like yogurt, right? So trying to keep that in in check. But also, like, 
some of the raw fish or raw meats. Mm-hmm. Well, some, and that's very texture based. Yeah. Um, but mm. I don't. I don't think anything comes to mind. Was like the worst thing I've had you try. What's the best thing I've had you try? Where like <laughs> we've been out somewhere and. This is such a hard question to like ask on the fly. I don't keep a immediate. Catalog I think the first time this. you had a queen yaman, you were pretty happy. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And we've had a really good time, like trying different coffees that we make for ourselves. I think that once we disco- discovered like what kind of coffees we like, mm-hmm. that was a really big moment. Fair. Yeah. It made me like radishes. I used to hate. I don't them. think that was me. I think that was just you repetitive that's true it's not like i cooked with radishes all that often (laughs) um now if anything else comes up with best worst thing that i've had you try interrupt me or interrupt yourself so the other thing i was going to chat through Mm. is just dating a chef in general because there are a lot of chefs that are going to be listening to this show and i'm curious to hear from your perspective if there's <laughs> anything that chefs can do better to make them more stable partners mm. like as someone who i'm the first chef that you dated yeah the only one and so how what is i don't know what what well, what have you seen based on other chef friends of mine who have been in relationships or like? But this is like in any relationship. I feel like it's not just chefs mm-hmm. who want to maintain a relationship. It's like it always comes down to communication. Always. And women can be better at it too sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one thing that we've... That was the only thing we had for so many years was literally just communicating Mm -hmm. verbally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And expressing your feelings, whether they're good, bad, ugly. So like learning how to talk to each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that that's, I mean, it's super underrated. But chefs can be really bad at that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the reason that some chefs don't like going in the dining room because they don't like being able to talk about story. Like they don't like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have to practice. Would you add anything else about like what you do outside of work? Like we bond a lot over meals, like going out to eat together Mm -hmm. is like one of the reasons why we were able to stick together because it's like (laughs) when we go on a trip. Which was a lot of like the only time that we would see each other mm-hmm. when we were first dating is we would relish over these meals that mm-hmm. we'd go have. Um, so. But that's because you would teach me things. And that would bring us closer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was also like I got to share the experience with somebody else as opposed to like doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it doesn't have to be going out to eat. It can be learning an instrument or dancing or yeah, whatever. Um, like you don't have to go broke going around town having taste. Right. It's true. To have a successful relationship. But I also think like in any relationship, it's also like trust is critical totally for both people. Mm-hmm. Um, and demonstrating that you trust somebody. I think another thing back to that 
thing that we share a relationship, we don't share an identity, is that I think we respect each other more than we let on. Absolutely. And we it's a word that we don't really say that often because I feel like it's just kind of like assumed. Mm-hmm. But we respect each other a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. There's no like hierarchy. We're both the same on the same level. Mm-hmm. We like... There's not a leader and a follower. There's not a, I don't know, I think head of the household. There's not. Yeah. And that's helped a lot. Right. Because then the expectation is is very clear that like what you expect from me, I can expect from you. Exactly. But I also think we work really hard to make the other proud mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and we say it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's not a weird weird um complex that we have where it's like i need validation from you mm-hmm. which is intrinsically like i want to make you proud that's okay yeah that's a good point and i think like hearing it both directions is important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at least it has been for us mm-hmm. so tell your partner that you're proud of them and label. not like, not like, good job mm-hmm. for taking out the garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, you know, when you see them putting in the time on this project or whatever and they're killing it, like, it feels really good to have that validation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to ra- give it. And to give it. It feels really good to give that validation mm-hmm. to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And maybe that comes back to the competitive thing of like, if you're competing too hard with somebody else, you're less likely to give up that praise mm-hmm. because it's an ego thing where mm-hmm. if like, if you're giving out that praise, that means you're not getting it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm totally happy giving you praise because I don't, kn- I don't feel like that's being taken away from me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think, okay, sorry. One other thing that chefs can do is like make time it can be that 10 minute FaceTime call it can be a text message um you know I always knew you were thinking about me Mm. when you did that Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't this weird like clingy thing that's not what I'm getting at but like Making time mm-hmm. is nice. Sure. And I had another one, but I forgot. It's okay. I can think more about it. But yeah, I think that's important because if there's going to be a 14-hour stint where I'm probably not going to answer any of my text messages. And be open about that. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go into this 14-hour thing. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to worry about you and I'm not going to know who you are and I'm going to call you a bunch and you're going to get really annoyed. Anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> it's important. It's important. That transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And is helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that can be, that can be really hard for some chefs to kind of like come clean with that or like even admit that they need a partner. Cause like, I don't know, we're all human. Mm-hmm. We all like desire connection and to be heard and feel loved and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think we're still learning too. So we're not like experts, but these are the things mm. that we've. At the same time though, like, and this is something that we haven't gotten into yet. 
the you have this great piece about fear of missing out <laughs> and the antithesis of that. So can you dive into that a little bit? Because I think that's very, very valuable for people to hear. Well, that comes from the question of like, how how do we, how are we still together mm-hmm. after all this time? Mm-hmm. Or how can you stay committed to one person? D- during long distance, usually. Yeah. When that question gets brought up. Yeah, during the long distance thing. Um, and I, you know, say that that's because a lot of people in our society in today's world, and not just today, but whatever there's this FOMO thing like that fear of missing out on what could be or the next person or tomorrow or I use the grass is always greener symptom syndrome (laughs) of like the second you see a problem in your relationship you think of you know oh well like if, if if you your 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 girl has problems with constantly going out and spending too much money the second you see someone who doesn't do that, you're like, oh, well, I should be with her. When in reality, the girl number two comes along with her whole, whole entire other set of baggage. Mm-hmm. Good and bad. Yeah. So. Well, so where I'm going with that, the fear of missing out, is like when you're in a relationship like ours, like I have a lot of JOMO. Like I experience a lot of joy of missing out. And that I'm in a very joyful place and I don't have that fear of missing out on the next person or the next thing because I don't know what that might be, like you say. It's the idea that we have so many friends who will complain to us about, oh, I had this really bad date or like, oh, I'm going through this thing with this person or like XYZ wants to move in with me. And mm-hmm. we get to a point where like, like we can't relate. Like we can't. Yeah. We don't have like, yes, we have empathy because we've been in relationships before each other, mm-hmm. which also kind of like gave us the clarity to know that each we other wanted. was the one mm-hmm. um, because we know what all the alternative looks like. But also like I don't spend like if someone prob- that was actively dating broke down how much time and money they spent per week dating. I can't like you can't get that time back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like the fact that I don't have to worry about the hour leading up to a date that I have on Friday night and the $80 that that's going to cost me is incredible, right? Like I would rather spend that money and that time with you and it's guaranteed that I'm going to feel fulfilled at the end of it. Yeah. It's like a roulette thing, right? Like you're going to give up your time. You're going to give up your money in hopes that it's going to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, than you do right now. Yeah. I don't know. And then like going through breakups and like Mm -hmm. trying to navigate the dating landscape in 2019. Like we don't know. We, we, (laughs) We Tinder wasn't, Tinder wasn't around when we, Mm -hmm. you know, so very, just an interesting. Well, and bringing up Tinder, I always go on my spiel about that too. Mm -hmm. With like relationships and dating today is like, it's kind of crazy. Like mm-hmm. he said, it's not relatable. We're not, we can't relate mm-hmm. as well as maybe we should. Um, but it's, it's like you have all these filters and 
buttons you can push to find this person who is the dream boat for you. But like, there's this belief that that dream person is going to pick all the boxes that land on you as their dream person. Like there's no rule out there that says like your dream candidate is going to love every single thing about you. Mm -hmm. There's this belief that if I pick this perfect person on paper, that it's going to be rainbows when you see each other for the first time. Well, that, but that like, it's going to be perfect on Mm -hmm. both sides Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not necessarily true. And And most times it's not right. And because you can go through that process of getting to know someone through the phone, that this is an air quotes, getting to know someone Mm -hmm. through looking at their Tinder page. Yeah. It's not real. Cause like a lot of times and in the way that we got to know each other, the way that you learn those things was through conversation. Mm -hmm. And then you learn all these other nuances about a person to kind of like, and it goes both ways, Mm -hmm. but being able to learn about the fact that this person loves sailing and dogs and is a marketing (laughs) VP at a large tech company. Mm -hmm. Like you used to have to ask those questions and now you can just read them with like their favorite photos that they've taken of themselves over the past three years. That's not real. Like Tinder makes it so much more difficult to accept somebody's imperfections. Mm. It makes it so much harder for, wait, what did I just say? Tinder makes it so much harder to accept someone's imperfections. Yes. (laughs) I agree with myself. I agree with what I just said. No, so it's like, it's harder for someone to accept your imperfections, but it's also harder for you to accept theirs. Because you've already painted the picture in your mind. That they're perfect. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's this like, this really difficult, I don't know. I just think it's a lack of everything that we've talked about as far as like transparency and trust and communication and like, yeah, because it's not where during those conversations, like you, yes, you discover all these things that you really like. You learn a few that you don't, but then you get to kind of weigh which ones am I willing to accept? And you can still do that on Tinder. Tinder. Mm-hmm. There are people who have really great like, relationships who met on Tinder. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to like. We're not judging. Shit on Tinder. But mm-hmm. um, it's just this weird thing. So what now. would you suggest in 2019 that people do to meet? Talk to each other at coffee shops. Mm. Like be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, open the door for somebody. I know that's just like a really weird, dumb, fucking cliche thing to say, but. You know, like, make small talk with somebody on the subway, but, like, don't be creepy about it. You know, um, talk to people at your mutual friends' parties who you don't know. That's what we did. You're seeing the result. But, you know, your friends are great filters, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. if they have somebody at a space where you are also, there's probably a reason why that person is a part of their life. Right. Right. Should they be a part of yours? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just follow everything else that we talked about here of like being transparent about the fact that like <laughs> I can only go on dates on Mondays because I work six days a week. Yeah. And I probably won't answer your text messages. Yeah. 
Because how many friends have we had that go out on dates and they're like, the person never texts me back. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, have you asked why they're not very good at texting? Right. Just interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Expectations versus reality. I feel weird talking like an expert. I'm not an expert. We, I mean. (laughs) This is our story. This is our story. But also like. If you have one successful restaurant, people won't normally ask you about all the failed restaurants you've had. Fair. They just want to know about how did you build this successful restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I guess like to maybe tie a bow on this conversation is like a lot of people come to us and say like we're about to go long distance. You guys did it really well. What is your advice? And a lot of times we give the advice of like from the get, you can pretty much know if it's going to work out or not. Like are you the type of person that can realistically withstand a long distance relationship right like if your quote-unquote love languages are physical touch you're probably not going to do that well well that's not fair because yours is yeah true true so why do you think that it worked then because we were ready from the get like from the from from my perspective mm-hmm um, I don't know. We had some rocky times. Hmm. Because I didn't get to see you for eight months. Mm-hmm. And my love language is touch. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's that. But mm-hmm. I don't think there's a real, it's, it's, um, there's not a rule book code. Sure. You both have to be invested. You both have to want it. Mm-hmm. And you both have to be okay with it being kind of different than everybody else's relationship. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that we didn't cover? I'm sure. Oh, it's okay. We can have this conversation again when... Aren't there more? No, that's it. Are you sure? Best worst thing I've had her try. Pie, schedule management, how did we meet, fed up with career choice, evolution from CIA till now, more competitive, gremlin when she's hungry, Mm -hmm. work-life balance, relationship while working long hours. How do you keep your relationship fresh and stay committed to just one person? And the person that asked says that I need to factor out that I am that person. So the question is based on monogamy versus polyamory. And how we just decided that we're going to be committed to each other forever. As long as we both shall live. So (laughs) they say. I don't know. Do you have thoughts? It goes back to that Jomo thing for me. Like. Yeah. Yes, I could have multiple sexual partners and I could find a lot of pride in that. And the main argument that gets tossed around a lot, especially now that this is gaining popularity, is the idea that, like, I don't wrap my identity in the fact that you choose me as your, like, the idea that you and I can have our relationship, but then I also have the confidence to know that you can go out and have relationships with other people and you will continue to come back to spend time with me. That's Mm -hmm. where like the source of pride is and that's supposed to be like this crazy Zen moment where everyone's like, oh my God, this is way better than having just one partner. And I don't necessarily think that that is, that would bring fulfillment to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we've, (laughs) we're in a comfortable enough relationship where like you can walk up to someone at a party that is a heterosexual male that is dressed very nicely and you can give him a compliment and it doesn't hurt me. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I can be walking down Venice beach and say that a girl looks attractive and 
it rolls off both of our shoulders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where there's, we don't punish each other for, you know what I mean? Because like, how can you know that you're happy where you are if you live in a silo, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I can look at girls that like, there are more attractive guys than me and there are more attractive girls than you. There's like, that, like that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of it comes down to like these weird surface level dynamics of like, what you're basically saying in that polyamorous relationship is there are things that you can't do for me that I need to go somewhere else right. to, to get. Um, Which for me is not a nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah. For personally. both of us. And that's for both of us. Um, and other people are different and other people value different things. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think for us we could. Like I take that personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that like almost in your face you're not enough Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of that's the message I would receive Mm -hmm. might not be what you're saying but it's how I would receive that message and that's the that's the whole point of the movement is to show that you are enough based on who you are but to acknowledge the fact that you can't you can't be everything for someone and that's the idea but But we've shown the opposite you know what I mean so it's like it's not it might grow in popularity and the mm-hmm. other so the other thing that that gives it some legs to stand on is the idea that in other cultures if like we lived in a small tribe where we would all kind of like intersexually have relations with each other if you were to get pregnant you would have multiple males that would help raise your child and that's supposed to be better for the kid quote unquote and that's the other thing that's like supposed to be better and why people say that. But the fact of the matter is nobody lives like that. Like mm-hmm. we don't live in compounds. We don't live in shared living spaces that facilitate that. Mm-hmm. So yes, it it kind of makes sense to have multiple figures in that child's life. But people also used to live closer to their families. Mm-hmm. Like I think about my extended family and there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they all, a lot of them are in the, still in the same place. So, like, you don't have to necessarily be in a polyamorous relationship for your children to be supported by multiple adult Adults. figures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, even my childhood, I had my parents and their best friends and all of their kids. I mean, we we had, I always joke I have more than one set of parents mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I did have other adults making sure that I was... No. Growing up to be a good person. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. Do you so, have thoughts on polyamory, monogamy? How do we stay committed to just one person? You make a promise. Not just to the other person, but to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's important. Um, And probably to yourself first. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think, I mean, it's a hard question for anybody to, like, put words on. But I, we should talk about our parents, too, because, like, I didn't grow up from the moment that I have memories. My parents were always separated. Mm-hmm. And so my motivation on being in a monogamous relationship with you is to do better than my parents did. That's been my goal for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. my like my dad was an only child. They were they grew up too poor to have more children. And so he had his friends and he kind of like 
He grew up alone. My mom's, my grandma had multiple husbands and the cousins that are in that really in that side of the family aren't very close with me Mm -hmm. and so I grew up having this very distorted view of what a family could be and I see the value in it so much Mm -hmm. that I see one direct very proven path to creating a nice family that I would be proud of is to be in a monogamous relationship so like in a more macro sense Mm-hmm. us being in a, in the relationship that we're in faci- helps facilitate that. Um, and then you're similar, but your yeah. motivations come from seeing it work. Yeah. I mean, my frame of reference is my parents being married for the last 30 41. some years. Yeah. And them being high school sweethearts and being like actually in a loving relationship for the last 40 some years, <laughs> which is crazy. But that's, so for me, that's like, that's what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I have had friends and family members who have not had that experience. That's true. But I aspire to have what they have because it's not always perfect, but they're your family. Mm -hmm. And like, it's that one thing I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. for us and now that we get to do and be and so for me it's almost impossible to see how someone could give themselves to multiple people successfully without it being emotionally draining mm-hmm. draining is maybe not the word um it would be very draining taxing like it'd be very taxing and be very distracting because again, it's that constant, I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. You're not enough for me. I'm mm-hmm. not enough for you. Let's d- let's have all of this happening all over. Mm-hmm. And if that's what works for you, you've figured something out that I have not, which is fine. Because <laughs> there's no right way. There is not one right way. And I just don't know that I have the capacity. And I, I feel that I would carry insecurity with me in a relationship like that Mm -hmm. where with you I I I have insecurities and you know what they are but I don't walk around feeling them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I don't walk around having you point them out to me Mm -hmm. and there's something about like and that makes me feel safe sure Sure. and that and And when I feel safe I feel like I can give more of myself to you Mm -hmm. and that provides speed and clarity and like helps with decision making and yes being able to plan and like all of that um yeah makes sense so the ultimate goal of this podcast was to (laughs) talk about our engagement which we didn't really talk about but that doesn't really need to be a story that we talk about we're engaged he Um, he did drop the ring in the sand i did drop the ring in the sand in all fairness, though, you elbowed it out of my hand. <laughs> but you found it. I did find it. Um, to kind of announce that and, like, get people to know a little bit more about you and about our relationship and, like, fizzle out any questions or rumors or, like, I don't think there was any of that ever floating around. But I just want to be able to, like, if anybody has any questions of, like, 
how did you meet? How did you whatever? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to point to this mm-hmm. as like, so the question then becomes, is there anything that we didn't cover that you see coming up as far as like questions from people that you just want to like address here? Oh, like right now? Mm-hmm. I don't. I th- I've said said everything I need to say. When are we getting married? Fall of 2020 is the plan. The tentative date is fall of 2020. Not sure when specifically. Are we planning on having kids anytime soon? No. (laughs) That was very fast and furious. I like it. Yes, no? Yes. Yes, kids. Not anytime soon. Um, I think that's it for us. You want to leave anybody with anything? Advice? Thoughts? Love you, mom and dad. There you go. Um, what's for dinner tonight? What's in the fridge? Lots of salad stuff. Salad? Hey. <laughs> All right, that's it. As I mentioned in the interview, most of Anna's socials are private for work reasons. If you ever see us traveling in a city through like my Instagram stories and you want to meet up, I'm pretty confident that we will take you up on your offer as long as you're not being creepy about it. We love meeting new people, so don't be shy about it. You probably won't see her on the show again until we start to plan for having our first child, which, as I said in the interview, is a little ways down the road and we're pretty mutually uh, in agreement about that. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to this kind of weird and very personal episode of the Emulsion Podcast. Roll the outro. We did it. You're in outro land now. Thank you so much. I appreciate your ears more than you'll ever know. Hey, by making it to the end, you're the type of person that I want to speak to directly. This little production is constantly growing. If you enjoyed this episode, if you like what I'm trying to do with this show and want to make sure more people can find us, a free way to help out that takes less than three minutes is to leave The Emulsion a great review on iTunes. If you didn't enjoy this show, please also leave a review. I'm happy to take any constructive feedback you've got. If you want to learn more about supporting this show with your hard-earned cash, patreon.com slash justinconnor.com is the place to do that. I've got tiers starting at just $1 per month. Let's say you just like being involved through suggesting stories to be covered or asking questions to my interview guests. You can stay up to date by following along on Twitter or Instagram that is linked up in the description for your convenience or always available on justinconna.com. If you're on YouTube and listening, you can take this show on the go because this is available on all podcast platforms, including Spotify. And if you prefer video versions of things like my interview shows or the shorter intermezzo episodes and you're listening audio only, please check out my YouTube channel to see more of that. Now is normally where I'd say my name is Justin Kana, and I hope you have a good one, but you've probably got another podcast episode to listen to, so I'm just gonna get out of the out of the way here. Excuse, excuse me. Pardon me. <laughs>